Okay, we are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the No Names All Game Preview Show. It is October 28th. We are looking ahead to the big matchup against Ohio State, what should be a whiteout, 7.30 kickoff. My name is Chris Henkin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Colicchio, and we have a couple very special guests joining us today, friends of the program from For the Bloggy. We've got writer Jeff Rice. We've got film expert Nick Coach Caduti. Guys, thanks for joining us. How are we doing tonight? Great. Oh, yeah. Great, great. It's Love nice. it. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, I know we were just chatting a little bit before we started. Um, so Pat and I, obviously, longtime Penn State fans and, and kind of just, you know, do this as an outlet for us to, to talk about the team. But you guys are a little bit more expert than us in, in a couple areas. So, so let's start with some background of, of kind of your experience with, with Penn State, with football and, and kind of everything. Jeff, why don't you start us off uh, kind of how you got into all this and how you got connected with For the Bloggy. Sure. Um, I covered Penn State for about 14, 15 years. I started out with uh, the Daily Collegian, then uh, went on to the CDT, then went on to Lions 24-7, um, and lots of, lots of writing, uh, a little bit of video and, and blogging here and there, um, and then lots of social media. Um, and, and for the blog, I know the, the founder of For the Bloggy, we go back a long way. He asked me if I wanted to get involved, and I loved his approach of incorporating some kind of different content than a lot of the, you know, traditional outlets are doing. And, and, you know, coach has done a great job with his video breakdowns and um, I'm trying to add a little bit of uh, you know, perspective, my perspective, whatever that's worth on, on Sundays with the Sunday column. And um, last Sunday was uh, an interesting one to start with. <laughs> um, hopefully it's um, a little more, I don't know what I'm looking for this weekend. It's, it's going to be crazy. I think it was a very 2020 game. Uh, yeah, it really was. I mean, it's, or not, but. it's the Murphy's yeah. Law of this year. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's funny. I was, I was talking to whoever runs uh, before the bloggy Twitter to kind of set this all up. And, and when he mentioned your name, pretty sure I used to read your stuff on 24-7. So glad that we, we got to connect. Uh, that's pretty awesome. And, and ready to hear what you have to say for this game. Uh, Coach, from, from what I understand, you don't, maybe not necessarily a Penn State fan, but you are a real-life actual football coach who knows the X's and O's a lot more than us and uh, doing some good teaching through these film breakdowns. How'd you get involved in all this? Yeah, so, yeah, I'm actually from Pennsylvania originally. I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, my parents lived in Pittsburgh, uh, just outside of Pittsburgh for the past, like, 10 years. So um, Pennsylvania's always my blood. I love Penn State, but really I, I'm a, I love breaking down film. Um, I've coached in college. I coached at BYU for a while, L.A. Valley Community College. Um, right now, I'm an offensive coordinator at a uh, 6A high school in Texas, um, and that's why I moved here, because if, you can't, if you're not going to do a college thing, you better do Texas. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, like I told you the other day, we had two weeks ago, we played a game at uh, Kyle Field at a We had 16,000 people at it. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. It was insane. And so, like, but that's, I mean, here, it's nothing to get five, 10,000 people at a high school football game, so... But I really enjoy it. I started, uh, I started YouTubing um, video breakdowns about a year ago um, because I get a lot of people asking about just – I played for guys. Like I played, um, I played for Shanahan, right? I was, a, I was actually an offensive lineman. I was 350 pounds when I played. So, um, believe it or not, I was actually recruited by Larry Brown to be the long snapper for Penn State in 2001. Wow. And uh, chose to uh, not swallow my pride and I went to the University of Kansas to play offensive line. <laughs> So we all know what Kansas does and we all know what Penn State does. So I still have my But I just, you know, I did a bunch of breakdowns and I got, you know, I made a little business out of it because I really enjoy it. And uh, the owner of, uh, for the blog, he just got a hold of me one day because he found my video and liked what I did. And 
trying to give a uh, coach's actual true X and O like game point. Like Jeff does a great job writing and uh, I am not as smooth with my words as he is <laughs> by any means, but uh, I can help people understand uh, just why, how, what to expect, what they're thinking, what the, what the chess match is. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, uh, I think that's how we first saw for the bodies through some of those videos. Then Jeff, I started reading some of your stuff and uh, it's funny you say how you guys kind of wanted to take a different approach to some of the regular content. Uh, that's kind of how we started this whole thing too. We are just two average fans who love shooting the shit about this team, you know, with friends over a beer. And we're like, you know what, a lot of the stuff out there right now is the very professional is the very, you know, 24 sevens and some of the others, which is great. And we love that. Uh, but we wanted to kind of have that that average fan group. So I think we we come from from similar beginnings. Um, so obviously we're looking at Ohio State. Um, like I mentioned, seven thirty game. Uh, not a whiteout. I'm repping my white, trying to give a little bit a little bit of feel here. Um, so we all know Ohio State's story. Uh, Thirteen and one last year, winning the Big Ten, losing to Clemson in the first round. Uh, had a strong opening week, beat Nebraska fifty-two to seventeen. Um, and now we have a challenge coming after a loss. We got to put it behind us quick. So, um, typically, what we do on these, we we start with a what to watch for, something that you're looking at, whether it's a particular matchup, position group, uh, maybe an improvement from game one to game two. Um, Jeff, let's start with you. What's something that you are looking for, watching for in this game that you're hoping to see? Um, I'm going to go with Justin Fields against Penn State's defensive line. And I watched, I didn't watch a lot of the Ohio State game last week, but I watched the first half and Nebraska kind of hung around, um, you know, but, but Fields was pretty sharp. I think, I don't know when he missed his one incompletion, but I didn't see it, but I, I saw a lot of the completions and, uh, <laughs> I think Penn State's going to have to get some pressure on him. I think that's true for any opponent they play, but, but especially this guy, how, how good his receivers are, how accurate he is. You know, they don't need to put him on the ground four or five times, but they need to get in his face. And I, I thought they did a pretty good job with Michael Penix. Um, Penix just made some really good throws in the second half with, with yeah. guys ripped all over him. And, you know, I think Penn State's defensive line is going to be a strength all year. I, I... And we lost Jeff. See, this is the beauty of live broadcast. Uh... <laughs> it's a great picture, though. Yeah, it's very flattering. Yeah, absolutely it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll hope to get Jeff back. Uh, Pat, let's pivot to you. Uh, what, are you what are you looking for in, in this week? Um, I mean, to me, it, it kind of seems like a battle of strengths on weaknesses. Like, I didn't think Ohio State's run defense was very impressive against Nebraska. They were giving up six yards a carry. Um, our, running, like, our running game, I think, can be a strength. Uh, Sean Clifford accounted for a lot of our, our yards, but, like, that, that's a legitimate part of our offense. Um, and then there's Justin Fields, who is incredible. And they've got Chris Olave and the other receiver who escapes, his name escapes me at the, at the moment. And I don't think our defensive back play is tremendous yet. I think it's probably the worst part of our defense. Um, it, it's going to be things like that. Also, I didn't think Ohio State's offensive line looked anything special for them. And that's definitely the best part of our defense. So it, it's going to be, to me, it's like whose, whose strengths carry over whose, whose weakness in this one. Yeah, so you're what to watch for is a little bit of everything. I like that. That's a, it's a nice encompassing to put it all in there. Uh, Jeff, do we have you back? How, how long was I talking to myself, guys? What was the last I don't, I don't, th <laughs> I don't think it was that long. We, we heard you talk about Penix making some good throws, being draped on. 
okay. heard about Fields' incompletion. And if I remember correctly, his incompletion, I think, was a drop. It wasn't even his fault. Um, yeah. But I think, I think you were wrapping up. You were towards the end of the, the Justin Fields. What else do you yeah. have? Yeah, and I think, I think Jason Owa had a great game. I think uh, Shaka, obviously, is, is a pretty good player. And I think I want to see what he's going to do at 250 pounds this year. Mm-hmm. after being really good at like 220 the last few years. Um, so I think if those two guys and, and the whole line, you know, I think, I think Shelton and, and Mustafer played pretty well last week too. Um, but if they can at least apply some pressure, at least get him off his rhythm, give those corners a chance to, you know, have a, have a chance and, and make him throw the ball earlier than he wants to, uh, they're still going to make big plays and he's going to make some big plays with his feet, but they can't just let him, you know, get into rhythm and go up and down the field on them, or it's going to be a really long day, no matter what Penn State does on offense. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. Uh, Coach, we've seen a couple of your videos uh, breaking down Clifford's mechanics, breaking down Shiraka's offense. Um, the one that you, you just put out about uh, the Indiana game, I thought was really interesting to talk about Cliff on the run and some things that worked and didn't work. What's something that you're looking for maybe in that area um, for this next game? You know, really, I think the biggest issue is you can tell Soraka didn't have Clifford in that offense in the spring. So he really, I think it was a hard time understanding the chemistry between it all. And Noah Kane going out early was a big deal um, because yeah. they really are going to lean on him to, you know, carry the load. And Journey did a good job, but I really, I believe Noah is going to be the focal point of what they're doing zone-wise. But the problem, I think, with what you're really going to see is how is Soraka going to mold his offense and his philosophy to what his kids are? You know, Fryermuth is a phenomenal athlete. We talked about that already. Like, mm-hmm. he's a phenomenal tight end. And he did a great job of finding ways to get him the ball. You know, get little slip screens off the edge. He did a great job getting him on a stick and nod. But the big thing I think you're going to get into is how does Sean Clifford and how does Soraka mesh together? And how does Soraka get him in a position to be comfortable? Because truly, he's not a drop back guy. I think he wants to be. And a lot of college kids, they try to get into that whole, hey, let's drop back, read progressions. But the reality of it is, Sean, hey, Sean, you're an athlete. Get on the edge. Get on the run. Play action. One read, and let's go. And, and that's where he shows his strengths. I mean, he did it last year, too. And the other reality of it is, you know, you guys talk about Ohio State is an absolutely loaded football team when it comes to talent. And, and the greatest neutralizer is a running and athletic quarterback because it makes the defense stay honest. So you can't run man cover two against a running quarterback because they'll just take off. And that's what you started finding out. You saw, you, saw uh, you know, Indiana started getting into cover one and he just took off, you know, and he made a couple people miss. Next thing you know, he's sitting in the end zone on third down. And so how can Soraka make that whole thing work? Because his offense is predicated on the quarterback making one read about play action, but you have to get the zone game going first. Um, so I really want to see that, that, that chemistry. And the other thing I noticed was you can tell that Clifford is not comfortable with his young receivers yet. Some of the throws that he made to those receivers were not predicated based on progression. They were, they were thrown because of he was on the run, because he had to give him the ball. I mean, guys, I watched Parker Washington play down here for two years, and that kid is a freak of nature. <laughs> and they need – I mean, people don't understand how big he, – he's 210 pounds. And he's yeah. like 5'10", and he can fly. And, and I think people forget, like, how freakish these athletes are. And he's a four- or five-star recruit. So getting him the ball and, and you know, things like that are going to be really – I think you're going to see the chemistry happen. But I think the one thing people don't, don't remember is there's no home field advantage right now, no matter how much you want it. And in the Big Ten game, guys, anywhere, anywhere, if there's not a home field advantage, anything goes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's, that's I mean, obviously, Beaver Stadium, the whiteout, that's a home field advantage we love. Um, one quick follow-up on there. So you mentioned Clifford um, being better on the run, and we saw in the breakdown he had some really, really nice passes on the run. Uh, to our blind eyes and maybe some uneducated eyes, it looks like sometimes he's kind of bailing on the pocket before maybe he needs to. Is that something as, you know, as an offensive coordinator, you look at and say, you know what, that's okay because that's his strength? Or is it something you try to fix to have him sit in that pocket to maybe let those routes develop, let him get through the progressions? Do you try to fix that or do you cater to his strength? You can tell Soraka changed in the second half where he went into, he stopped running deep progression concepts. What he ran was like a one or two read concept and told him basically run. You can see how he pulls the ball down in a couple balls. He's looking over the middle. He, his eyes never move. He looks at one guy, and then he rolls and finds path. The other thing I think you've got to realize is last year the offensive line at Penn State was a little rough when it came to pass protection. And don't get me wrong, you know, I, I, I've known both those offensive line coaches. You know, um, the offensive line coach right now is a buddy that recruited for us. He recruited us a lot. He's a great guy. Troutwine knows his stuff, and, and he's getting them right. They look a lot better. But I will say this one thing about – about the situation is he's not comfortable with his offensive line yet. It's very, very obvious because he never yeah. had spring, you know? And yeah. as the second half happened, you got him on the run. They do a lot of play action and, and that's okay. But man, he has an NFL arm when he's on the run, doesn't think. And it, I yeah. mean, he threw one from the hash to outside the numbers. And it was, guys, that's an NFL throw. So yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. I saw that one in your breakdown. I was happy that I caught that. I was like, damn, that's a good throw. I was like, all right, look at me. I know. Is that something. the one that Daniel George dropped? No, so this is one George actually caught. He's oh, like, uh, Cliff's on the left hash, throws over to the right numbers, and it's it's just a perfect throw. And that yeah. that's one as a fan, you, again, maybe not understanding, you know, the the mechanics behind it all. You're like, damn, why can't he do that every time? You know, <laughs> but obviously, you it's don't understand how far a throw is from one side of hash to the bottom of the numbers and throwing on a rope at 25 yards. That's like a 50 yard throw. People don't understand how hard. I try to. <laughs> You know, I've actually, this is no lie to you. We've actually gotten um, parents out before. This is no lie. And we've got parents out, line them up and say, okay, throw that ball over there. And they're just throwing old. They're like, it's a lot harder than it looks, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, a football yeah. field is what, 52 yards wide, right? 53 and a third, man. 53 yeah. and a third. So yeah. if you throw yeah, 20 yards and you throw from a hash outside of the numbers, you're looking at almost a 50 yard throw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'll probably humble some parents. I uh, I will not be volunteering for that drill anytime yeah. soon. Trust me, my own arm. Um, okay, my uh, my what to watch for is kind of similar to, to Jeff, what you talked about. Uh, I'm looking at our linebacker group. Uh, we've talked about Fields. You have to account for him as a runner. We're going to be missing Jesse Lucetta for the first half after that targeting call. Um, I, I'm kind of interested to see how that's set up. So we should see – we should see Brooks, uh, Smith, and Dixon as your starters. Um, we saw a couple a couple times this last game where, where they dropped down to two linebackers when you're going extra DB. Um, Brandon Smith was kind of the odd guy out, which was interesting because he seems to be more one of our one of our more athletic linebackers. Um, so I'm interested to see how they play the linebackers against Fields against this Ohio State offense. Um, Interested is the word I'll use because I don't want to use scare. <laughs> um, all right, let's move to don't be surprised if. So this is a bold prediction, something that maybe you think might happen that not everyone else is talking about. Jeff, let's start with you. What uh, what should people not be surprised if something happens? Um, I would say don't be surprised if they continue to try to get the ball to fire move. And I know that was a big concern when Shiraka got hired because he didn't really use the tight ends that much at Minnesota. And everyone's like, okay, we have this All-America tight end. Is he going to get the ball? And I think, as Coach said, they made a great effort last week to get it to him. Uh, had a touchdown. He had a, you know, that, that one catch that he caught that was deflected was insane to me. And I, I, the, the announcers barely mentioned it. And I'm like, how did he even do that? But yeah. the, the route running that he's had, I think he's, he's always had that a little bit, but he's developed it even more. And 
I think Ohio State's going to have a, a, a hard time covering him. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Um, but I, I, I think to, to get him comfortable, and I agree that Clifford is better on the move, um, I think they need to go to 87, at least until they start to get comfortable with these young receivers. Um, you know, it'd be great if they could run the ball uh, a lot. I don't know if they're going to be able to run it to the extent that they did last week against Ohio State. I think Clifford's going to have to throw. Um, they're going to have to throw on first down. They're going to have to kind of push it. And, you know, it, if they if they take Frymuth out of the game, you know, maybe they can find – I think Chirac is smart enough to find opportunities elsewhere. But um, especially when they get toward the red zone, um, he's going to be a big target, a big factor. And if he doesn't have, you know, five to seven more catches again this week and, and most weeks, um, I'd be surprised or – that's a big, big defensive effort from Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll be a focal point for sure. I was uh, looking at some of the Ohio State press conference stuff today. Sean Wade, uh, their DB, gave him gave him a shout out. Said uh, Frymer's ran a stick and nod that was damn near perfect. So uh, they are definitely preparing, and I'm sure they'll give him some extra looks. Um, but yeah, he's he's got to be the guy. Um, Pat, what's your uh, don't be surprised. Uh, don't be surprised if Penn State's offense puts up a lot of yards in this game. Uh, for one reason, I think the game plan is going to be to keep the ball as long as possible. The best way to defend against Justin Field, I think, is just to keep him off the field. Um, and I, I think Ohio State, they, they had a few fumbles against Nebraska that really prevented them from, like, helped them run up the score, prevented them from scoring. But they were giving up six yards of carry on the ground. And Adrian Martinez completed something like 80% of his passes. Like, I, and I don't think Nebraska's all that good. Yeah, and I so like, fair. I think Penn State can do better than that. I mean, let's hope so. <laughs> uh, Coach, what do you got? Any uh, bold predictions for us? You know, really, I'll be honest with you. I thought Nebraska, I thought Scott Frost had a great game plan. Um, that's why. That's the only reason he was close early. Um, the reality of it is, they're just not physically able to match up. I think that Penn State can match up physically. I think the game plan is going to be there. I think the big issue you got to look at, and to me, don't be surprised. If you see Justin Fields struggle, um, and here's why I believe that. I believe that Justin Fields is a phenomenal talent surrounded by even more phenomenal talent around him. And he does a great job of making plays extend, but he has a terrible, terrible, terrible time reading coverage, especially when they disguise it. Um, he will predetermine throws early. He will throw into double coverage. Um, you can even see that even there's some plays against Nebraska that you know, he threw a dig one time that should not have been thrown, but because his guy is just better than everybody else, he catches that ball and he gets away with some stuff. I think he gets away with stuff against lesser competition, but I think Penn State's defense is going to be, they're going to do a good job, and they're going to do a great job of disguising coverages, of making sure that he has to make right reads. And, and Jeff said it earlier, the D line is going to be crucial. If they can get some pressure on him, he's going to make bad decisions, and don't be surprised if he has a very average night. See, that's the kind of prediction that gets you invited back on this show. That's the kind exactly. of thing we like that's to hear. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> I really enjoy that prediction. Um, yeah, and I mean, you look at it, we'll get to predictions in a minute, but I mean, you looked at last year, uh, you know, it was a 28-17 game, and there were some, you know, obvious miscues that, that kept us closer than it should have been, but the defense held him to 188 in the in the air, two touchdowns, but, but 188. Uh, their run game really did kill us last year with Dobbins just going kind of crazy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they key on him uh, this year. Brent Fry having another year to study fields to understand his tendencies. Uh, my my don't be surprised if I'm gonna I'm gonna give some support to my guy Devin Ford. Uh, obviously he got a lot of coverage last week for uh, the touchdown that shouldn't have been, um, but but a lot of people are writing him off. Um, you know you know he kicked himself for that. You know he learned from it. 
Um, but, but, but I'm hoping he's moved on. He's ready to roll. Um, everyone's kind of talking about Kevon Lee and Keziah Holmes, the true freshman. Uh, Kevon did have, you know, seemed to be the hot hand. People were like, why didn't they ride him more? Um, I don't want to write, I don't want to write Devin Ford out. So don't be surprised if Devin Ford has a bounce back game. Uh, I'm going to say right now, 70 plus and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, that's bold. I make bold predictions that don't often come true, but that's why we do this. Um, I, I just, I want to see him kind of have that bounce back um, mentally and physically, right? It's the, it's the one thing, Hey, you are the number one guy. Now um, everyone knew Noah Kane was supposed to be number one. He goes out early and, and this is Devin Ford's running back route. So do I think the younger guys will get a lot more carries as the season goes on? Yeah, of course. Um, but but don't be surprised if Ford has a better game than you think he's going to. And, and don't be surprised if he is that number one guy uh, for weeks to come. Um, yeah, Pat, you mentioned uh, last week, Nebraska, their QBs, uh, so they ran for 210 yards on the ground, mostly with their QBs. The QBs were averaging seven and a half yards per carry. Um, Adrian Martinez and then their back Also up, a strength of um, ours running with the QB. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Don't be surprised if you see a lot of ground game getting going there. Um, all right, so let's wrap it up. Uh, it is prediction time. Like I mentioned, last year's 28-17. Uh, the two years before that, everyone remembers our, our heartbreaking collapses in the fourth quarter. Uh, so what do, we, what do we got for this year? Give us an actual prediction. Uh, the line right now is Ohio State uh, is a 12-point favorite. Uh, the over-under is up at like 62, 63, depending where you're going. So Vegas is expecting a lot of scoring, uh, but that's, that's a high number if you ask me. So, uh, Jeff, if you're looking at this game, what's, uh, what's the prediction for a final score? I just learned, okay, you just said 63, which is crazy, because I'm guessing I'm taking Ohio State 34 to 29. And I don't know how Penn State's going to get 29, but a lot of weird stuff happened on special teams last week, so it might happen again. Um, I think, you know, like, like Nick said, the talent gap between Ohio State and most of the Big Ten is, is still pretty wide, but it's not as wide with Penn State, and Penn State's done a good job of kind of narrowing that every year. I think they're going to play hard. I think they're going to hang with Ohio State for most of the game. I think both teams are going to score a lot of points. I just think Penn State's not real cohesive right now. And I think they're going to make mistakes. I don't think they'll be as bad as the mistakes they made last week and not as many in the red zone, perhaps. Um, but they're just not going to be able to eliminate all the mistakes to, to win against a team like this. Um, 34 to 29, again, don't ask me how we get to 29, but I think they will cover I'll tell you, you're right on that 63. So find a book that has 62 and you're making some money. That's, that's a nice prediction there. I do like the cover though. That's good. Uh, Pat, what do you got prediction? Um, I'm going to go 30-24 Ohio State. Um, I, do, I, I, I think they just look a little bit better than us right now. Traditionally, Penn State does not come out too great after losses. Uh, this might be different because it's not losing to Ohio State and then like that's the big game. This is the disappointment. I don't know. Um, but I, I think, I think our defense might be a little bit, uh, you know, kind of well-suited for this. And I, I think we're going to just do our best to keep Justin Fields on the sideline as much as we can. Yeah. So you've got, you've got us covering the 12, but going under, um, I guess 63 is really high. I know these, I know these offenses can, can score, but that is really high. Coach, you know, I'm an under guy. here? Uh, I'm going to go against the grain guys. I, I've seen Soraka play. I've seen I've seen him manipulate defenses again with a, again a much less talented Minnesota team against phenomenally high talented teams he played. He's going to control the ball, especially early on. They're going to keep Ohio State's offense off the field. Vegas knows something for a reason. That's why they make a lot of money. <laughs> um, but I will say, here's two things I'm going to tell you. One, you saw a very cohesive Ohio State against a very subpar talented team. It's easy to look, it's easy to look cohesive when the team in front of you is not, is not talented. 
the talent. Now I'll say this, Penn State struggled a little bit, but I'm telling you right now, that was a kick in the teeth of reality and those kids are gonna come to play. And I think it's gonna be 31-27 Penn State and here's okay. why. Because, and I'll tell you, there's only reason why. I still remember Clemson not, or some of that Clemson game in Ohio State not being able to finish those drives in the first half that ended up killing them. I think they struggle in the red zone. I think Day has always struggled in the red zone. And I don't think they have that huge target that's going to take care and going to be able to take advantage of being inside the 10-yard line. They're going to make them kick field goals when they should have scored touchdowns. And I think Penn State's going to win. Okay, you, I love it. You are, you're killing this right now. We, we like this vibe. This is a good yeah, stuff. Well, I better be right. <laughs> Yeah, hey, we're fingers crossed. About it, the defense really should have allowed 20 points last week. Like the game should have ended at at 21 or 24 to 20. The defense did its job to what it should have had to do, and then those other points were just uh, you know. You can't overthrow a slip screen by 10 yards. (laughs) Also true. Ten of those points, they had the ball inside our 40 yard line. Yeah, Yeah, you take away the you take away that second interception. You gave him seven on a crosser. Uh, He overthrew prime. Primus is Hall's, the Tallest receiver in the, in the Big Ten, and he overthrew him by 10 yards. I, I do have to ask you this, Nick, though. Like, you, you, from the film I've been watching the breakdown that you do, Sean Clifford gets in trouble when his footwork seems to be bad, when he's not transferring his weight properly. Right. But then how is he so good at throwing on the run? Because he's not thinking. Because when he throws on the run, there's nothing in his face. He just delivers a strike. Every time he's in the pocket and he thinks – you watch him, his elbow drops, and he starts to lean back and never never drops in his throw. Anytime you see a kid lean back and his elbow drop, ball sale every time. And that's why. But when he's on the run, he's following his ball, his hips are straight, and he delivers a nice – he's got a good delivery when he sets his feet. Consistency in your footwork equals consistency with the ball. So Sean's like a guy who, who misses four-foot putts but just buries 25-footers, basically. Here's the, crazy, <laughs> here's the crazy part about Sean. Sean's from St. X, right? And St. X – football program in fact my off the offensive coordinator right there is one of my best friends Andrew Coverdale and the receiver that they're bringing in his brother is a freak okay Liam but but that's a well-coached football team Sean's a well-coached quarterback but he's also he need they need to understand I think he I'm praying to God they understand like he's not a drop back kid get him on the run get him on some boots get him on the edge and I think I think if they figure that out they're gonna win a lot of games this year play to those strengths. Listen, I hey. had I had an actual prediction and an optimistic prediction. I'm, I'm going to take those good vibes. I'm throwing the actual one out the window. The optimistic is now the actual. Uh, Penn State's winning this thing. 38-28. I don't know how it happens, but it's going to happen. Uh, offense is figuring it out. Defense is going to – I really do love this defense back to that point of, you know, we should have kept him to 20. That, that crosser to Fryermuth that he missed, I mean, that, that guy could have been gone if he beats the safety. But you give them the ball on the, what, four-yard line, uh, and they punch it in. So I think our defense did a great job. Everyone's going to remember for how do you let them march down the field with a minute oh. 40 left. You can't expect that. You just yeah. can't. What did, what, did, what did Indiana end with, like 218 yards total? Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. was insane. And, and then you take you know, some very untimely penalties for a Penn State team that hasn't really been penalized too much over mm-hmm. the last few years. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying they were bad calls, but they were just really at bad times to have those calls. They extended drives and, and cost you a linebacker for a half of this game, which I'll be honest, I'll I thought it. that one was a bad call. I'll say it. Some of them are bad calls. I thought the targeting one, I, 
I will forever be an advocate that there needs to be levels of targeting. Um, I mean, that, that was a kid trying to make a clean hit and somehow got a little bit of incidental. Right. You can't kick a kid out for that. To this um, day, he did not get in the end zone on that two-point conversion. Not anybody says. I agree yeah, with that. That completely. we can all agree, I yes. think. I mean, if DraftKings is saying it's a bad call, then it's – and giving people right. a back. Right. Yeah, the other thing is, like, let's get real. Like, how do you not tell that kid to not get a touch score touchdown? I know. Like, I know. That's, that's something – this is no lie to you. Last year I told a kid the exact same thing because you have to know. You, they could have literally ran the clock out with like, and have 15 seconds left. Yep. Yep. And, it happens, I mean that, and then it happens again in the NFL the next day. Did you guys did you guys see there's a clip going around on Twitter today where you actually get the audio from the huddle and Matt Ryan is looking at Todd Gurley going, Hey, don't score, don't score. Get the first, get down. Todd Gurley goes, Okay, okay, I got it. And, and score. scores. Like I, mean, I so think I mean, kind of the same thing happened, if I'm being I honest. Don't, see, I, I don't know. I've heard multiple players say that we it was known not to score. And my guess is Devin Ford went through that line expecting them to try to tackle him. Yeah. And he just came through so much cleaner than he, he thought. He was like, oh, well, like, what do I do now? I mean, he, like, I, I don't think they expected Indiana to let them score. It was really, yeah. And it was just like, he was, he was going to burst through the line and try and get a first down and totally yeah. ice the game. Yeah, and he hey, it, is, sprint. it is what it is. He didn't sprint yeah. across the goal line. He, like, yeah, he kind of like, tried to slow down. The one and just like, Ugh. well, because yeah, hey, it was oh, like, there's a clip somewhere of the sound and you can hear him go, stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but it's one of those things where that's football intelligence that, and I'll be honest with you, kids don't have right now. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, that he would not have scored. But right now, he would have. Because, again, it's football knowledge. I mean, guys, to this day, I am in 6A football in Texas in a program that's state ranked. And to this day, I still have to scream at kids to get away from a punt. Yeah. To this day. Yeah. Like, get away from the punt. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know, everybody wants the flashy play. I get around it. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. It's, so it's, it, uh, kids are kids, man. When you yeah. have your career based on between 18 and 21 year old kids, anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And and like I said, I, that's why he's my bold prediction to go off. I think he's going to learn from that. He'll. I'll tell you this. He's never going to make that mistake again after having that happen. Or he'll, um, and or, I, or he'll get stoned. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough lesson to learn, but learn nonetheless. We are on to Ohio State. Um, we got some bold predictions. We got some winning predictions, um, and I am excited for this game. You know, it, it took some time. I think the first day or so after Indiana, your kind of spirits are down, but it's a weird year. Uh, games are getting canceled. Wisconsin, Nebraska just got canceled, which which sucks. Um, we are playing a football game. We are getting to watch our team. These things are exciting. Um, quick shout out to the four people who are watching this live. So we we have increased our audience thank you to you both for coming on shout out to for the bloggy if you guys are listening to this if you're watching it the next day uh check them out on twitter at for the bloggy really really great content um thank you guys for coming on this is a blast i uh, would love to have you on again sometime during the season um any any parting words for the fans don't give up hope guys it's a weird year don't come to state college watch the game from wherever you are <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one as well be safe Enjoy watching from home. Let's go, State. Let's get a win. We are.